Should reports that some 2 million passwords stolen from social media companies worry professionals and managers responsible for IT security in businesses, governments, and not-for-profits? Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. And to answer that and other questions about the breach, I'm pleased to be joined by Ron Rather, who specializes in data security and privacy law as a partner at the law firm Peruki, Ireland & Cox. Welcome back, Ron. Thanks for having me, Eric. The security firm TrustWave reports that hackers stole 2 million credentials from Facebook, Google, Twitter, LinkedIn, and even payroll processor ADP. Why should security professionals at banks, hospitals, governments, and other organizations that aren't social media companies care? I think this is a good lesson to remind everyone about consumerization. And consumerization really is the key, in my mind, as to why CISOs ought to be worried about uh, this current event. So just to remind everyone, consumerization is this breakdown between our personal life and our professional life. So bring your own device uh, probably has been one of the most vocal points or central points in which consumerization has been part of our discussion, but it's also true with respect to social media. And so let's think about this blurring of the line between our personal lives and work and our work life. And then let's look at this current event today. One thing from consumerization, and, and I mentioned at BYOD, is that we're using the same device uh, both for our personal purposes as well as for work purposes. Obviously, most companies don't use Yahoo. Uh, they don't have a individualized Facebook or LinkedIn account, but our employees are using those applications, those social media sites, and they're using them on the same device that's being used to access company-sensitive data that's in, you know, most likely our own sandbox. So having their personal account jeopardized creates an issue with respect to that device. The other thing which I, I find sort of interesting about consumerization is we are beginning to educate our workforce more. And we're telling them to, to use more complicated passwords. But there is this legacy habit of people reusing passwords. You know, when you combine those two things, it's quite likely that a lot of companies have employees who have been given complex passwords to access their work devices, their work accounts. And given the lessons that they've learned um, from work, they're using those complex passwords in their social media accounts, in their personal Yahoo or Gmail email addresses and the compromise of that password in their personal account could create security concern for if those passwords are reused or the same passwords that are used to access company devices and company sites. What are some of the lessons people are learning from these kinds of experiences in implementing more secure practices? What were some things they thought were safe, like using complex passwords that now may not be as safe? With this blurring of the line between private time and company time, we have to shed those legacy cultural thought patterns that there is a distinction between personal life and professional life in terms of security rules. I think we assume too much about consumers in the United States and their sophistication with regard to security and privacy, even those that work for us. You know, we remind them in training sessions and policies that they need to implement with respect to their work devices certain security controls and measures. So, for example, with the password, you know, changing it every 90 days, making sure that you don't use the same password for multiple devices or multiple access points. We're emphasizing that in the corporate environment, but we're not reminding them that they need to take those lessons and extend all of those lessons into their private home environment. So whether that be their, their laptop at home or using their BY, you know, their, their own device and setting up their own passwords and their own control within the environment. In this consumerization, especially when you're talking about social media, and I think especially LinkedIn, there is this shrinking of the separation between 
what I do personally and, and what I do for my firm or what I do for the corporation that I work for. And the compromise of my personal LinkedIn account, because I'm most likely, if I'm using it properly, right, advertising the fact that I work for Faruqi, Ireland, and Cox, the compromise of my LinkedIn account, the compromise of my Facebook account can also create risks in terms of swishing. So in other words, somebody using my social media credentials, tending to be um, affiliated with my corporation, sending out messages to third parties, convincing them to provide me with information, confidential information that can then be discounted and used um, by the bad guy. And it's interesting you mentioned LinkedIn, because one of the things I've noticed with some government people I deal with, maybe in some financial services, people with sensitive jobs, that they're sort of vague on who they work for and even their titles. Should this be something that companies should make as a policy, that their employees, if they're going to use LinkedIn, not to be specific? It's a very slippery road because a lot of people use LinkedIn for networking and essentially a virtual resume. So if you think of people in the government sector who may have less transigency in their job, they're not switching from one company to the other, they may not object as much as somebody who's in sales, especially sales in a vertical where there's a lot of movement of salespeople from one competitor to the next, prohibiting them from being able to identify who they're currently working for and what their current role is, first of all, could have an impact on their ability to do their job presently. It also may have an impact on the salesperson's willingness to work for that company because you've now shrunken their ability to use a very popular networking tool effectively and in the same way as others in the industry are using it. I find this specific issue coming up not only in the security perspective, but also with respect to LinkedIn and endorsements and especially identifying somebody as a subject matter expert, um, doing a, you know, the, the LinkedIn equivalent of, of a like and being able to decide, is that person, when they're, when they're doing that endorsement or they're doing that like, are they doing it as a representative of the company or are they doing it personally or individually? So that conflict is sort of the micro petri dish set of issues that now, you know, we can extend to the security incident. And again, you know, it eventually becomes a question of culture and balancing the specifics of the company against the security risk presented by having different practices. Obviously, there's no blanket rule that could be applied to every organization. Each one has to consider their own culture and, and their objectives. Well, definitely. It's a risk-benefit analysis when you're implementing security. So whether it's a security in-depth and you're looking at it from a technical perspective, you know, should I put an intrusion protection device at this point in my network? And if I do, what's the effect going to be on performance of the application? That sort of analysis also applies in the operation and in a more human factor component security as well. You have to look at the environment. You have to evaluate the risks. You have to balance all of those out and hopefully implement um, the best process and procedures to eventually mitigate the risk in that environment. Any final thoughts about this incident uh, of the passwords being stolen and what organizations should do? I think it's a good reminder for organizations to go back and take a look at their policies and procedures to evaluate how they're interacting with their employees. Are they still trying to compartmentalize uh, their security uh, and suggesting that security ends when the employee uh, leaves the front doors of the business, or are they recognizing the current reality that the security extends anywhere their employees go, whatever devices they have, and and even sometimes in this instance, it could be regardless of the device, just the employees using the same password for their personal accounts that the company has asked them to use. It's a good reminder, especially uh, at the end of the year when budgets are being allocated, to ask yourselves whether you've done that evaluation recently and are you prepared for the new security frontier that we're all having to account with today. Thanks, Ron. You're welcome. 
I've been speaking with IT security and privacy lawyer Ron Rather. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.